Hello and welcome to the first episode of Redeemable. I'm your host, Josh Hornberger. Let's hop into it. So for this first episode, I want to outline exactly what I'm aiming to accomplish with this project. I am simply going to be talking about topics that affect you and I today that I see as important. And I'm going to mirror those topics with what the Bible says. And I'm going to be doing my best in creating a 20 minute or less episode that you can hopefully listen to and take something out of it. I am not at all claiming to be an expert theologian, because I'm not. I am using the knowledge that I've acquired from growing up in church, going to countless Sunday school classes, and from what I've learned myself from studying the Bible. I see this podcast as my contribution to the Great Commission, because in the world that we live in now, church attendance is gradually declining. Less and less people are seemingly interested in hearing the gospel and the truth. Gospel means the good news, and because I've been taught the gospel, I want to share the truth and the good news with as many people as I can. And the truth is, as Romans 3 verse 23 puts it, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And unfortunately for us, the wages of sin is death. But the good news is that according to Romans 6 verse 23, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Which means, my friend, that through and only through Jesus Christ, we can be redeemed and forgiven from our sins. If only we turn from our sin and put our faith and trust into the living Son of God, my personal Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is the message that I'm making my priority for as many people as possible to hear. And hopefully through that, some seeds are planted, the spark of curiosity is ignited, and the urge for a better and fulfilling life can begin. Anything worth doing is going to be difficult and requires faith to see it through. And so on the topic of faith, I want to look at a story in the Bible with you that has to deal with a kid who had immense faith while his king and an entire army had none. We're going to be looking at what the power of faith in God can really do. So today we're going to read from 1 Samuel. But before we do, I want to give a bit of context about what's happening here. So we're going to start with a man named Saul. He was the king of Israel, and he had disobeyed God. It was custom in those times before Israel went to war that the priest would set a burnt offering to the Lord. But King Saul was impatient and did the offering himself. And because of this, God removed himself from King Saul, and Saul became tormented. In chapter 16, verse 7, we find God sending the priest Samuel to the house of Jesse to anoint the next king of Israel. So Samuel went down the line of Jesse's sons to find the future king that God himself picked out. Samuel went by each of Jesse's sons until he got to the youngest son, David. Now David was a shepherd boy who watched over his father's sheep. From a physical standpoint, David probably paled in comparison to his older brothers. But when the prophet Samuel met David, God told Samuel in verse 12, Arise and anoint him, for this is he. So Samuel anointed David as the next king of Israel. Then we get into chapter 17. This is when things get interesting. Goliath, the giant, challenges Israel. Chapter 17, verse 4 goes into detail of the description of Goliath. It says he was about 10 feet tall, 
encoded in brass and chainmail. Goliath challenged Israel to bring forward a champion, and made a proposition saying if the champion defeated him, his people, the Philistines, would be slave to the Israelites. But if Goliath beat the Israelite champion, then the Israelites would be the slaves to the Philistines. And because of this, all of Israel was afraid. Sometime later, Jesse sent his son David, who wasn't yet old enough for battle, to go and deliver food to his older brothers, who were in the Israelite army, staking out the Philistines. When David heard of the proposition Goliath had made, he laughed and said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he would defy the armies of the living God? And so David went to King Saul and announced that he would fight Goliath. Saul immediately refused, saying, You're just a youth, and Goliath has been in war since his youth. After some persuasion, Saul reluctantly agreed and offered his own sword and an armor to the young David. But he refused to take it, and instead headed for a small stream, where he took five smooth stones, and with his slingshot in hand, he approached the Philistine giant, Goliath. This is where our passage begins, in chapter 17, verses 43 through 50. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog, that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with the sword, and with the spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the field, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon the face of the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and smote the Philistine, and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. David the shepherd boy killed the Philistine's champion, a ten-foot-tall angry giant, and he did it with a slingshot. How is that even possible? The thing is, it shouldn't be. But David had something that Goliath didn't. David had faith. David knew that he served the God that freed his people from Egyptian slavery. He served the God that split the Red Sea in half. And he served the God that destroyed the city of Jericho. And he had faith that that same God would give him the power to slay the giant. And it was done. You know what else I find is remarkable about this story? David stood alone. Not one soldier in the entire Israelite army had enough faith that God would take care of the situation for the one who steps out of the crowd. Not even King Saul, a man of war, 
would challenge Goliath, he too had lost his faith. The only one with faith who was willing to stand for their people and for the Lord was a shepherd boy. And that's exactly what he did. In an act of faith, he alone faced the giant. The thing is, though, he wasn't completely alone. Isaiah 41 verse 13 says, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. Now when David came forth towards the giant, Goliath did not see God holding David's right hand. He did not see God's promises filling the mind of David. He did not see the Holy Spirit empowering the one faithful Israelite. He saw a boy with a slingshot. And so he laughed and cursed David. Now, to be David here, you probably would have felt intimidated. And that's probably the understatement of the century. But David had faith and was willing to act on that faith and slay the giant. Israel was delivered because one kid had faith in God and chose to do something about it. So I ask you, how many Christians today have faith and apply it? You might ask, what do you mean apply it? Matthew 28 verse 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. It is the Christian's job to share the gift that has been given to us. The blood that washes away our sins and redeems us can be found in the Word of God, and it is only through Jesus Christ that you can be saved from damnation. The Bible makes it very clear in John 14 verse 6. It says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, if you're tracking with me here, we've now established that Jesus alone offers salvation, and through putting your faith and trust in Him, you can be saved from damnation. For David, he may have just had a slingshot, but his faith in the Lord was his real weapon. And because he acted on that faith, his people were spared. It is my belief that there are too many Christians today who don't act on their faith. There are not enough Christians who share the gift of salvation to others. It may be because that one girl might not want to stand alone and be different from the crowd. That one guy won't speak up about his faith because if people find out he's a Christian, he can't smoke, drink, and party anymore. My friends, the Bible says in James 2 verse 26, Faith without works is dead. That may be hard to swallow, but it's the truth written in the Holy Bible. So let me ask you, are you willing to act on your faith, even if you stand alone? How many people today picked up their figurative sling and stone? How many people took their love for God and their Bible and went to battle for Him today? Who among us will say, I will go to battle for you, Lord? Who will say, I will stand even if I stand alone, because I'd rather be a friend of Jesus than a friend of the world? Who faithfully loves Jesus and in turn loves others enough to tell them the truth and the good news? It's hard at times to tell the truth. Any kid who did something wrong knows that. But telling the truth to others, telling them, yes, you are a sinner just as I am, 
And that means that once we die, we will be separated from God and go to a place called hell. But the good news is that because of what Jesus did for you and I over 2,000 years ago, you and I today can be saved from that. If only we turn from our sin and repent for the sins that we committed, and then trust and believe that Christ rose again and ask him to become your personal Lord and Savior. No matter how difficult it is to tell the truth, it is worth it in the end. And in this case, telling others the truth could change the destination of their souls. In John 20, we find that Jesus had resurrected from the dead. One of Jesus' disciples and closest friends, Thomas, did not believe the story that Jesus had indeed rose again. In fact, he said, unless I place my finger through the holes in his hands and my hand in his side, I will not believe, earning him the nickname Doubting Thomas. I just want to read four verses in John 20, verses 26 through 29. And after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. We're told that seeing is believing, but believing without seeing is faith. And if you have truly turned and repented from your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord, He will hold your right hand and tell you to fear not, I will help you. And if the Lord is helping you, you will defeat the Goliath in your life if you choose to act just as David did. Have faith. I have one last personal story. A couple summers ago, I was on a mission trip with a mission team in Ocean City. And one night, my good friend Matt stood alone on the boardwalk holding a sign that read, Are You Going to Heaven? Now, we would usually hold these signs with a partner, so if there was ever a question we didn't know the answer to, you would have a brother beside you to help. That night, however, Matt stood alone, and a few college kids who saw the sign became angry after reading it, and all of them came up to Matt and tried to pick a fight and trip him up with false theology, and they actually attempted to persuade him towards atheism. As time went on, the discussion between Matt and the college kids had caused a crowd to gather on the boardwalk. A circle of words and arguments seemed to almost overwhelm Matt, but he stayed faithful. One by one, each member of the mission team stood by Matt. Some stood behind him and put their hands on his shoulders and silently prayed a prayer for biblical wisdom and for Matt to say the right words to open the crowd's heart. Matt defended the Lord for a solid hour until the college kids left and the crowd dissipated with new knowledge. Hopefully some left that night with a spark of faith. So I ask again, are you willing to act on your faith even if you stand alone? The Bible verse for this week is Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. 
It says, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And remember, you are custom made. You are loved. And you are redeemable.